Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, streaming at uh, BrainerdRadio.net and podcasting at Podcast One and iTunes, wherever you can find your podcast, you can find Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Chris, uh, I'm back from New York City. You're back from uh, your travels to Sea Island again yeah. to pick up your son, so that was... Uh, uh, and we meet in the middle here. On, uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> back in Brainerd. So uh, you had a fun trip. We'll actually have uh, Rob Collins from uh, Chattanooga as one of our guests. Uh, you guys stopped at Sweden's Cove and played a little golf. And uh, it's a good story. It's a cool adventure for you guys and uh, just a great golf course. Yeah, you know, anytime, um, anytime I get to play golf with one of my kids is pretty special. And uh, like we we talk, I, unfortunately I don't play a lot of golf, but... Gosh, when I when I do get to play, it, it's I get to play at some really cool places. Sure. <laughs> so it's uh, whether we're playing here in the Brainerd Lakes area or you know elsewhere, we uh, it, it's pretty it's usually pretty special golf and uh, makes it even more special getting to play with your kids. So a lot we, of fun. We were uh, fathers and sons this week. You and I. I went to New York City with a group of uh, my son Andrew's friends, and we uh, it was his birthday, May the second. We ended up. Uh, being on the Tonight Show on Wednesday night, which was fun with uh, Jimmy Fallon and uh, displayed tourist. I did. I'd never been there. So Empire State Building and uh, Union Square Cafe and uh, Times Square and then uh, Ground Zero, which is uh, something to see when you get to Ground Zero and uh, see those uh, uh, giant pools dedicated to the victims there at uh, 9-11. And, yeah, I've uh, heard that is really impactful. Yeah. And the Freedom Tower's right there, and you just look up and think... So there used to be two buildings that size right here, and wow. they're just gone. So wow. Pretty great trip to New York, though. Uh, again, father-son kind of stuff. is uh, It's great stuff. Got to get him on the golf course, too. <laughs> he needs a lesson from you more than, more than I do, probably. I think he's got one coming, if I remember. He does have one coming. <laughs> he's got to get out there and use it. On the tour, uh, uh, Lydia Cole wins on the uh, women's tour. We maybe don't talk enough about the women's tour, but Lydia Cole She's just one of those gals that was the dominant player on tour and then uh, uh, almost, uh, not disappeared, but certainly didn't have her game where it had been previous. She, yeah, she certainly struggled the last two years. This was her first win in um, like 28 months. But, uh, boy, she she seems to be back on track now and did it in great fashion. It, you know, wins in a, a one-hole playoff, uh, hits a... A three wood to about three feet almost makes a albatross on the on the first playoff hole and a nice little tap in eagle and uh, walks off the winner. So that fun to see because she, you know, she's only she's still only twenty. Well, she just she turned twenty one last week, right? Yeah, and um, uh, so she had her birthday that week and a, a win and. Um, yeah, you know, twenty-one years old, and I think fourteen wins. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not all bad. Arguably, the best player in the world at seventeen or eighteen years old is uh, that's, that's pretty high high bar. Yeah, and uh, one of the uh, tournaments this week on the men's tour was in New Orleans, and it was the two-man game, which is fun. I think a lot of uh, men's league type players can totally relate to. Uh, Picking a guy and uh, going out and uh, playing together for uh, four days. Yeah, it's kind of how you know when when we when we tee it up. That's kind of the game that most of us play. So uh, it, it's a, I love the event. It's a great format and uh, it's fun to see something other than stroke play for for a week. You know, we're a two man event and uh, Billy Horschel and and um, but Horschel's a good example of a guy who uh, uh, I mean, just a couple of years back, he he wins the. Uh, Wins the FedEx wins Cup. Wins the FedEx Cup, 
and he's a guy when he gets heated up, which it looks like maybe he is right now. Uh, he could be uh, he could be a guy to look for in the major tournaments. You know, it, it was interesting. I, I heard an interview with him on uh, on Tuesday morning, and um, you know, I know his teacher well, Todd Anderson, and they they've they've really worked hard over the past few years. And and Billy almost won. He, you know, he, he missed a putt to go into a playoff last year uh, in the at the tournament in Sea Island. And he, you know, he's had he's had a lot of ups and downs and tough some tough family things. But uh, you know, in his interview, he talked about he's he's working with this sports psychologist, this Dr. Brett McCabe, who works with a number of players on tour and uh, another number of other athletes. But you know, he said the thing that he he when he was growing up, he won everything. He always won. And uh, over the past few years, he's kind of lost his swagger. Yeah, and uh, you know he's trying to get back to where he sure. where he was. You know, so it's this game. It, it it'll beat you up, and one moment you're on on top of the world, and the next you it has a way of dragging you down. And if you let it, you can spiral downward pretty quickly. But uh, fun to see a guy like that who's got so much fire and uh, works so hard to get get back on top. So. Got a nice guest uh, coming up. We'll have Rob Collins, uh, Chris's uh, friend from Chattanooga, Tennessee. He'll talk about the great golf course, uh, Sweetens Cove, out there. And uh, up next, we'll have Jeremy Millsop, who we were just, uh, you'll hear Jeremy's been on with us multiple times. He's a local uh, sports writer and golf writer, and we're glad to have Jeremy back with us. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons, 1380 KLIZ, the fan streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com, and also uh, Podcast One and iTunes and wherever you can find your podcasts as well nowadays. A special guest, Jeremy Millsop from the Brainerd Dispatch. We've uh, Chris and I have said many times how uh, lucky we are in our community to have such great coverage of uh, uh, high school sports and also just the golf uh, courses in general. Jeremy handles most of both of those jobs and uh, uh, welcome back, Jeremy. Glad to have you. Thank you. This is my fourth time back. I think so. Wow. Might might be in the running for one of our <laughs> longest standing guests. Oh, well, I appreciate most, that. Most appearances. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Not, so. not most valuable, but <laughs> great. most appearances. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like well. in the Twins' bullpen in the middle of <laughs> Yeah, there you go. <laughs> not him again. Well, Jeremy, we're, the, the golf season is finally in full swing. And uh, it seems like we've had a hard time getting, it doesn't seem like we have had a hard time getting going, but uh, uh, high school golf is definitely in full swing. They're, high they're school, busy. Yeah. High school is in full swing. Uh, they're, this month they're really going at it. Uh, I know uh, Brian Warriors head coach Brian Wallace was worried that they weren't going to get in all their CLC events, but it sounds like they're going to get most of them in this year. They're going to cram them all in and uh, and, and get a, almost a full conference season in. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to get time to go to school with <laughs> with all the reschedules and everything they're getting yeah, in. But, school, uh, golf, you got to weigh, weigh right. the pros and cons. I'm picking golf. Fortunately, those <laughs> golfers are all pretty bright. So. Yep, that's usually the way it is for for individual sports they get the kind of the brainiacs out yeah, there but uh but boy, both the boys and the girls are are off to a very good start it looks like boys are leading the conference i know they, they finished second in their last conference meet but but jack evans wasn't able to go because he was named the athlete of the year for the male for the warrior yeah. athlete of the year so congratulations to jack evans he's certainly well, deserving I, of yeah, it. yeah very very deserving great athlete jack great athlete good hockey player yeah, so the the Warrior boys are in first place. The the Warrior girls are in third place. They 
just tied for second, uh, tied with Alexandria. Always a good program there in their last conference meet. So uh, things are looking pretty good uh, down the stretch here for for Warrior Golf. Yeah, you know, and from my perspective, gosh, it. Um I, I hate to even say this, but it seems like they're underperforming compared to what their their potential is. And, and, and the thing I really like to see about the boys is uh, they've had somebody different medal every, uh, I think, every event almost. Jack maybe has medaled twice, but uh, the, the Danny Evans has been been medalist once, I believe. Or, I mean, not Danny Olson. Uh, Cody, Cody Evans. Cody Evans has Cody been... Cody Evans been the surprise so yeah. far this this early part of the season. Uh, he tied with his brother yeah. brother Jack at Crosswoods, so their, their season opener, and then he's he's won a couple more times. Jack's been up there. But then Eric Stocks, and a freshman, comes yeah. up and uh, wins the last one. Um, and like you said, uh, it's been someone new all the time, but you, you, you look at the Warrior roster and you think Jack Evans been to, been to state once. Uh, Gavin Metz has been to state twice. And we're gonna be, Gavin hasn't really hit a stride yet, and we're talking about Cody Evans and Eric Stockson. So yeah. uh, they're four deep, and you got, like you said, you got Danny Olson, who's at right at the number five spot, who can go low whenever he wants. It seems like, um, and then Mr. Anderson, Luke Anderson, has uh, really solidified that that fifth, uh, sixth spot because uh, I can't remember where it was, but uh, Jack just had a, a horrible round, uh, shot in the high eighties, and then Luke Anderson comes in with a with a low mm-hmm. score. So they have depth, and that's yeah. what you really need in boys golf. You need six scores coming through. Little right. theme there, Chris. I'm noticing the younger brothers are pretty good in some of these families. <laughs> that's you, right. You know a little bit about that in <laughs> yeah. your family. Yeah, we, they. Uh, <laughs> it seems like each. Uh, each Foley member maybe it gets a little better so hopefully anyway <laughs> speaking of Katie's having a phenomenal spring so far uh, she's been leading the, the team uh, I believe in every single one of her, their events uh, you know and, and she's getting some help now too uh, there's a lot of young girls that are really finding their game uh, I don't you know them better than I do yeah. I haven't seen them play but um, but you know just some of the names that are familiar Abby Polkamp's been there forever um, Mangini's been there forever um, they got some experience and they got some talent. Yeah, they do. They uh, and again, they, they've got quite a bit of depth. They've got four or five players that are all, um, you know, similar in in strength and ability. And and uh, uh, you know, if they can if they can get in the you know the three twenty to three thirties, they're really going to uh, do some good things. And I, th- I you know I think uh, it's so early. None of the, none of their short games are really. Uh, quite up to up to par yet, and once that uh, once they get there, I think they're really going to have some some good rounds. You mentioned the underperforming, though. I, I think the Brainerd boys team has to go to state this year, don't you? Well, it uh, it's definitely one of their best opportunities in, in recent years. So, but it always seems you know Brainerd always you know for the last five or six years, Brainerd's had a fabulous team, but but they're other teams too out there, like yes. Alexandria and Moorheads. I mean, there's they have good competition. It seems like yeah. Section Eight is where most of the the good teams are. I think Alexandria yeah. won it a couple times, so it's not like they're you know a cakewalk to win it. No, you know when you take Moorhead always has a good program. Alexandria always has a good program. We always have a good program. Hopefully, it's our time this year. It, it's just a matter of who plays well yeah. those two days. Yeah, you know, for yeah. sure. We've been knocking on the door and knocking on the door. It's time to maybe. Uh, Maybe kick it in. That sure would yeah. be fun for everybody if we can do that. But uh, I, I think the young kids, we get the depth and, uh, you know, the sport itself, uh, thinking 
want to go on and play one of our six fantastic golf courses that are in our backyard you know it's a yeah. pretty good it's a pretty good sport to, <laughs> to start to play with all the opportunities yeah. that we have here including uh grandview of course i wanted to thank you jeremy for your article on uh, fred booze uh the late fred booze who passed away chris and i then had mark on that week as well mark ronai and uh fred was quite a character i know you uh had had some experience with fred and uh, uh even mark said you know uh Unique is a real good term for Fred, and uh, and competitive and things like that. So that was a really nice article. The one thing that I didn't really wasn't able to get into my article was you know just how competitive he was with these these uh, the, the fundraising scrambles and tournaments. How he would load up his teams, and you knew you were a good golfer if you got invited back a second time. <laughs> <laughs> if, if if it was just one and done, it's like well maybe I'm just average. So. <laughs> No, Fred. Fred was a. He was like. He was a character. He had character, and he was a character. Um, I think I introduced myself four times to him before he finally realized who I was. So, um, no, he was. He certainly created this this golf boom, this golf area that we enjoy living in. So, um, it's a void. It'll be a void. Uh, he was a salesman all the way through. Um, It'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens as far as who kind of takes that mantle as the the lead salesman of the area. Yeah, we want to get great vi- great vision, you yes, know. Yes, and, uh, and, and you wonder who's going to be the next one because I know you know Grandview has some property for another nine. Craigens has property for another eighteen. You know, Madden's always you know contemplated reworking some of their courses. Who's going to take that next step? Who will be the the leader? And uh, maybe we can get another growth spurt here in the lakes area for for even more golf. Yeah, it's uh, the area is certainly positioning itself to uh, to take itself to an, a different level. So yeah, I, I don't know if we need more golf. Maybe we just need to enhance some of the things that we already have. But uh, a new golf course certainly brings in some interest, and uh, people will come to that new golf course and then play all the other courses here. For so. sure. Yeah, nice variety of yeah. uh, resort courses and uh, public courses and real good options for everybody. So uh, also want to get back just briefly to uh, high school, Jeremy. We uh, you wanted to mention a couple of local players who aren't on either the, the boys or girls teams in Brainerd and some local kids playing some pretty good golf. We... Uh, we have some youth coming up here, and yeah. it's, it's getting exciting with the, the type of young players that we have coming up. We have the two Staples kids, the Airholtz brothers, uh, Beck and Finn. Beck's a freshman, too, like Eric Stockson. Um, and he took a, he actually took offense. I did the, the Warrior Boys Golf preview, and I said Eric Stockson might be the most mature freshman to play golf, you know. And he said, well, I'm a freshman, and I'm pretty mature, <laughs> too. So he, he handled it very maturely, shall I say. But uh, he's out there. He wants to make a name for himself. He, he played really well last year, and uh, he's playing really well this year. Um, so Staples has got two good players. Pine River Backus has a guy, Brady Raff. He's a two-time state state tournament entrant in Class 1A. Um, he's won his last two. He was medalist in the last two events for, for Pine River. So um, he has some talent there. Um uh, Pequot Lakes is leading the Midman Conference, which is all of our area teams. It seems like, except for Piers and Little Falls and Pillager, but uh, so there there are some some talent, some young talent coming up. It's not it's not senior dominant. It's more underclassmen that are leading the way. Jeremy, we can find your work in the Brainerd Dispatch, and where else can we find it? I'm all over Twitter. According to, to Chris Foley, I tweet too much. <laughs> Come nighttime, uh, we tweet out all the results. So uh, Twitter at Jeremy Melsop. Um, that's pretty much it. I, I kind of, I, I'm not a big social media guy, so 
I'm not out there. I'm, I'm just on Twitter and on in the paper. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you do a great job with your your Twitter feed. I love it because it, uh, uh, it it really keeps you up to date on what uh, what all the high school sports are doing in the area. So. Well, we try. I just got done with my dining guide uh, tour of the area, so a lot of food pictures on there right now. <laughs> a little food porn That's for right you. For the dining yeah. truck. I love that. Yes, yes. That's you know, a job I'd like to steal from you. <laughs> sports and dining. How can I go wrong? <laughs> Jeremy, thanks for taking the time this morning. We appreciate it. Thanks for inviting me, and I can't wait till next year. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jeremy. Uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll have you on before the state the state tournament and the Brainerd kids going to the state. There you Hopefully, go. that'll yeah. be that'll be a good story. <laughs> Jeremy Millsop, find his uh, work in the Brainerd Dispatch and at Jeremy Millsop on Twitter all the time. <laughs> You've been listening to Lakes Woods and Irons on the Fan. Welcome back to Lakes Woods and Irons, streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com today, 1380 KLIZ, the fan, and also uh, now at Podcast One. Special guest, I'll let uh, Chris handle the uh, introductions. Chris, uh, go ahead. I want to welcome Rob Collins from uh, uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Rob is the uh, co-designer and uh, kind of owner-operator of a great, great golf course called Sweden's Cove Golf Club. And uh, Sweden's Cove is a nine-hole golf course about a half hour from uh, Chattanooga in uh, New Pittsburgh, Tennessee. Rob, w- welcome to the show. Thanks. Great, great to uh, be on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my uh, my son and I, Michael, had the had the opportunity, the pleasure to play there Monday. Uh, on our way, kind of on a road trip from uh, from Seattle and Georgia back to the Twin Cities, and we uh, we just had an outstanding time. It was just a magical experience. Uh, Sweden's Cove, it's kind of, it's kind of got a cult following, doesn't it, Rob? It does. It's it's funny how that's developed. We um, have a zero dollar marketing budget, and <laughs> through the wonders of social media and uh, people like your son and. Uh, Andy Friday Johnson and guys from No Laying Up and, and a few others. We've we've been, managed to develop a, a kind of a devoted following through through social media and, and people show up and, and play the course from hearing about it from one of those channels. So it, it, it's pretty cool. It's it's kind of like Field of Dreams, I guess. It, it's uh, totally Field of Dreams. <laughs> yeah. So you've been open since uh, 2014 and. Uh, just were ranked number 59 in, in Golf Week's uh, Top 100 Modern Golf Courses, which um, you, you don't see many nine-hole golf courses on that list. I think maybe one others, but uh, t- tell us about the history of the course, Rob. It's You know, I have a hard time explaining it to the golf course to people because it's just – uh, it's so unique. It, it to me, it kind of reminds me. It, it's got some Pine Valley in it, uh, some sand hills in it. It reminds me of Scotland. It's it's really kind of a throwback to a, a great era of golf course design. Well, thanks a lot. It's um, we built the course um, and on around 2012, 2013, and through a long and strange set of circumstances. Um, my client decided to walk away from it. I ended up uh, in a position of being the owner-operator of the golf course, and we launched it, and as you said, got it open in 2014. And um, we've steadily grown uh, in a little over three seasons. And as far as architecture is concerned, it it does borrow lessons from from every single one of the, the courses you mentioned. It's got a little bit of Pine Valley, got a little bit of Sand Hills, um, got some of the old course in it, 
definitely has a strong Pinehurst influence. Uh, Tobacco Road is one of my favorite courses. Um, and and Mike's, the late Mike Strantz was a real inspiration uh, for me. And, and we just kind of took all those lessons and put them in a blender and out came Sweeten's Cove. It's, it, it, I think that's kind of the, one of the neat things about it architecturally is is it reminds you of different places, but it's, it's hard to kind of put your finger on it being exactly like one or the other. It's just got components of, of a lot of different places uh, it built into it, and it's just a neat, really fun, fun golf course. And um, we were 59 on on last year's golf week list, and jumped up nine spots this year, and moved up to number 50. So it's pretty, um, pretty amazing to see the recognition that that the place has gotten on a on a national level too. It's it's really it's blown up and it's been a lot of fun to see yeah that's really neat i you know a couple of the things that stood out to me about the golf course number one the green sites are so cool and there's so much slope and undulation to the greens and uh you really have to approach them from the right angle and then there's every hole seems to have a number of options on how to play it um you know if you want to take a safe route or uh a little more uh, aggressive route to the hole, and um, I, I, there, I think that's one of the things that makes it so great is just the the options and uh, the feel. I think that's exactly right. I mean, we basically try to create a a field of dreams, as you mentioned, of, of in, a, in a golf setting that has unlimited shot making options um, in, in how you play the golf course. It's a very democratic golf course in that sense it's not dictatorial we're not telling you how you have to play it's up to the golfer to decide and and it's i think that's the key component that that gives it its lasting and staying power in that it's it's going to change complexion every day you play it and and it's up to you and so there's a sense of discovery and a and a little bit of a sense of wonder and and how you figure things out and there's a lot of local knowledge out there and each time you play it you you learn something new and because of the fact that we're not telling you how to play it or telling you the best route it, i think that is an engaging dynamic for for golfers as they can figure it out on their own on their own terms and and i, and I really like that about it yeah is that the designer architect uh, dream what's the genesis of that rob i mean when did you decide as a young man, boy, that's uh, that's something I'd really I'd really like to do. <laughs> I, I was fortunate to go on a trip in 1994 when I was 19 years old. Um, we went and watched the first three rounds of the Open Championship at, at Turnberry, and played uh, played some golf while we were over there. And I got to play the old course, and it, it was just a I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. I mean, it was so different from anything I'd, I'd ever seen. And that's when I really got into architecture. And, and I kind of had this wild idea in the back of my head that that's something I wanted to do when I came out of college. And it took me several years to actually act on it and get the courage up to do it because it's such a strange and <laughs> <laughs> profession. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, there's no you know, direct route from, from high school or college to being a golf course architect. I mean, there's so many different ways you can do it. So it's not, it's hard to figure out. I mean, I, I kind of, I knew there were people out there that I, I knew 
Pete Dye was a golf course architect and people like that <clears throat> and Tom Fazio, but I didn't know how, how did they do how how do you go from point A to point B and that so that was a a lot of discovery in that as well. Sure, um, I kind of just ended up jumping all in and went to graduate school and and kind of worked my way into it from there. That's neat. It, you know, Chris is a renowned teacher in Minnesota here and uh, and around the country, really, Rob. But people don't, uh, you know, the, they'll ask me. I've been doing the show with Chris for four or five years, and uh, they'll say, "Have you ever seen Chris play golf?" And I'll say, <laughs> uh, "No, not till last year." But I want uh, you guys to get together and describe uh, Chris's last shot at, at your golf course. <laughs> Well, it was absolutely incredible. It was funny. I just happened to be um, out on the golf course. I was I was checking a few things out. They were the first group out, and, and I was just messing around. I was watching them hit their his last shot into number nine, which is a a Redan par three, a big slope on the on the right hand side with a coming down to the left, and his ball had trickled off the left side of the green, and he had probably. 70 or 80 feet to the hole he was off the green he had to go up this big transition in the middle of the green and and there's this big backstop behind the pin that that rises up um and he just hit this really crisp nice chip shot and it just bounced up there and went right past the hole and then it caught that backstop and did a u-turn and came back down and went in (laughs) That's just how he teaches said, everybody. Just, <laughs> just do that. That's just an amazing shot. That's the club that you hit. He's, uh, I hit a nine iron, and I thought, myself, I need to start hitting my nine iron. <laughs> it was it was impressive. Uh, that was a lot of fun, and it made that uh, fourteen hours in the car following that much shorter. It felt like so. Yeah, uh, that was great. Well, it was funny when I was coming in that morning. I I was behind this car. And I knew I had a seven thirty tee time and. The car is stacked to the rim with golf shoes and golf equipment and a Minnesota <laughs> license plate. And I said, I think this is my 730. <laughs> <laughs> I came into the, I got there right when they got there, too. That so. uh, was just, that uh, was a great experience. I, uh, you know, speaking of uh, Scotland, what, what, what are your favorite golf courses in Scotland, Rob, before we let you go? Well, a huge fan of uh, the old course, uh, North Berwick. Prestwick. Um, I, I really, I love uh, Cruden Bay. I, just the the quirky, kind of off the wall stuff that you see over there is, is very appealing to me, and, and, and I, I love those type of courses. I, I, I do as well. Bar- North Barrick is one of my favorites, and I love that they're you know they didn't have rules that you had to follow. In, yeah. in designing the golf course, and I, I love yeah. that uh, quirkiness, and uh, yeah, you can just there are just so many options when you when you see that. So options is the key word. You hit the nail on the head. Yeah. That's exactly it. Well, you know, we'll all, we will definitely be back there, and I, I've talked to a lot of people in the last week. But what if you were putting a, a trip together, to Sweden's Cove, and, and by the way, the, the, I mean the green fees are. Unbelievable! It's tw- is it twenty dollars to play, Rob? Yeah, it was uh, walking. Um, walking nine holes is twenty dollars. So I mean, and you can walk eighteen for uh, I believe it's thirty five, 
Um, it's a, extremely inexpensive. I just did a little ad the other day on Facebook for the golf course, and I said, you know, you can play Sweden's Cove with a cart for $48. And I looked at some of the other courses that are ranked around this on the Golf Week list, and it's their 275 you know yeah, i mean it's just it's, wow. um, it's it's really inexpensive it's very affordable and and for people in your area it's right off of i-24 so if you're going yeah. south i mean anywhere near chattanooga i mean you're you're literally driving right past the golf course it's just two miles off the interstate off yeah. the exit 152 it, it, it's it's everything that's great about golf and the way we need to get back to and and make golf affordable and accessible and uh it's just so cool there but if you know if 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 somebody were putting a trip together to sweetens where where else uh in that area do you suggest they play if they want to play you know several rounds with you i would highly recommend there's a excellent uh nine hole course uh on mon eagle mountain called uh swanee it's at the, at the university the university of the south is actually where i went to college and, and gil hines did a, a really nice renovation there in in sweetens cove and swanee are ranked number one and two in, in the state of tennessee um in publicly accessible courses on the golf week list and that's just 25 minutes up the road um and uh you know there's a you could if you're coming down south, I mean, there's a few places you could stop in Nashville, um, and then and then there's a there's a few options in, in Chattanooga as well, um, a few public options. Um, one of which is is Brainerd Golf Course. Um, and, but if you're if you're have a few contacts, um, you know, there's some really interesting private options in Chattanooga as well. There's a great Seth Rainer tribute course called Black Creek. Um, there's the honors course, which is a pretty famous speed die course. Um, that's private. Um, and then there's Chattanooga Golf and Country Club. So there's some, in Lookout Mountain is a Seth Rainer, uh, course up on Lookout. So if you happen to have a few contacts, you might be able to get on, get on some of those too. And that, that, those are really all really neat golf courses. Yeah, I've, I've heard that Lookout Mountain is really neat. Lookout's awesome. I mean, you have putts that break up, that look like they're breaking uphill. Um, it, it's a, a quirky, great Seth Rainer golf course. No. Really neat. Well, that's great stuff, Rob. Well, we, we really appreciate you taking the time, and thanks so much again for uh, for hosting Michael and I on Monday. And uh, like I said, we'll definitely be back. And please let us know if you get to Minnesota. Oh, certainly. It was a, my pleasure. Great meeting you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Rob. That was Rob Collins from Su- Sweden's Cove in uh, just outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons, streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. Thanks to our sponsor, Mills GM, the home of affordable luxury, the 2018 Buicks. You've got to check them out at Mills GM. Chris, I want to thank our guests, uh, Jeremy Millsop from the Brainerd Dispatch and uh, Rob Collins uh, from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Sweetens Cove is the golf course. He's designer, architect, and uh, and uh, proprietor, I guess, as yes. well. Huh? Yeah, it's, uh, it's such a cool spot, and it's so simple. Um, the story you told about us, him driving in behind us was that was kind of the, the experience of the day. And you know, it's just their their clubhouse is literally a little uh, like a, a shed you'd buy at uh, Home Depot, and uh, just everything's very simple. But just you know, the course conditions are perfect. Uh, the golf course is just fabulous, and uh, we need to get back to more experiences like that in golf. Yeah, and watch for that name, Rob Collins. Uh, uh, 
six foot six, it says he is, but he's only 42 years old yeah. and a uh, designer architect. And uh, we might see a little bit of his work around the country, I'm I, guessing. I think we will. And in, in talking to him that day, um, uh, he and his partner, uh, their, their firm is called King Collins Design, but they've, uh, they've actually been contacted by some bigger architecture firms on kind of scaling down you know, kind of what they've done there and helping these other consulting with these other companies and uh, in scaling down the golf experience and how they did it so well and kind of helping them design the template, you know, so it's pretty neat stuff. We talked with Jeremy about the high school golf, and those guys and girls are in absolutely full swing. They had to work uh, inside hard on their games for much of the spring and uh, travel south if they could and get some rounds in, and now they're kind of in full swing but for an awful lot of us chris we're, we're coming out of the uh coming out of the winter and uh kind of getting back on the golf course for the first few times one thing that always uh is uh kind of comes with the season is your is your short game improves so with that said uh, a lot of short games maybe need a little help early in the season after the winter yeah for sure and you know the one of the hard parts about this time of year is is you know we're not getting really any growth yet with the uh the grass isn't grown yet because soil temperatures aren't warm enough yet so so the greens are gonna they look faster than they they actually are so uh they're they're cut a little longer so they're going to be a little slower so uh you know coming out of the winter you're going to struggle with your feel and touch anyway but uh on the greens you know that distance control is so critical and uh a good way to get a feel for your distance control uh, from day to day is uh you know if you go to the putting green before you play and uh put two tees at uh about 30 feet apart or 10 paces apart and hit putts you know back and forth hit three putts to the one tee three putts coming back the other way to the other tee and that'll give you a good feel for what what's the green speed today this is 30 feet this is the the length of stroke i have to make to hit a 30 foot putt and then when you go out go out on the golf course you'll have a much better feel for that pace and uh and you're gonna and you're gonna putt better if your distance control is better yeah, and a lot of us are pretty happy with 30 feet if we're uh, uh, on in regulation or one up, one above regulation. You don't mind the 30-footer, so you should be pretty good at them because yeah. that's usually where you hit it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not everybody. There's guys better than that. But, uh, yeah, that's a great drill, and uh, you just get that feel. And uh, like you say, the uh, green speed uh, changes throughout the year. Uh, our courses are terrific, and sometimes they get pretty slick. So that oh, yeah. drill done throughout the year is really good. Yeah, it's a great way to you know when you before you play on, play every day. It's a great way to gauge green speed is to is to hit those thirty footers, and uh, you know maybe ideally put one you're going uphill one way and and downhill the other way, and you can get a good feel for. Uh, both developing your feel for distance and seeing how hard you have to hit a 30-foot putt. Tito's Handmade Vodka is the sponsor of our 19th hole every week on uh, Lakes, Woods, and Irons. And uh, we went into, a, uh, I'm not ashamed to say, a couple, three of those uh, long, dark New York City taverns when I was in uh, New York this week with my son and his friends. And uh, uh, you would hear uh, one of our group loves uh, Tito's Handmade Vodka, a couple of the... Uh, People actually would order that drink in the in uh, New York City, where you're right in the middle of the world, of course. And sure, they got the Tito's handmade vodka, and uh, it's right there on hand. So that was kind of our 19th hole adventure at nice. the end of a couple of long days. 
and you've got uh, one too. Tell me about the transfusion. Well, you know the uh, <laughs> the the locker room at Seattle Golf Club where my son Michael worked. We were there last weekend, and uh, it, it's one it, one of the great spots in golf is the locker room at Sea Island. And uh, uh, but they uh, they serve a drink called the transfusion, made with. Tito's handmade vodka, but uh, the transfusion is uh, is vodka and uh, grape juice and uh, a squeeze of uh, lime, and it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> so we're doing that. We're yeah. go- I'm going to Union Square Cafe, which is one of the great restaurants in the world. Uh, you had mentioned you'd you'd read about that. Danny yeah. Meyer is uh, the guy who established those. Uh, uh, several restaurants. And yeah, Union he's Square got, Cafe is one of his uh, one of his star restaurants. Yeah, if you ever want to read any great books on service, Danny Meyer has a couple of them. And uh, great chef and great restaurant proprietor. And I think he owns about sixteen restaurants in New York City now. Yeah, and service transfers to so many uh, so many uh, jobs in life. You're all absolutely. about service in your job. I mean, that's yeah, what absolutely. you do for a living, and that's. Uh, Kind of what I do for a living. So, yeah, some good books there. But uh, what a great uh, show. Thank you, Chris, for I know we were a little short on time with both of us traveling this week. Thanks for putting some things together. And, Thank uh, you, Mac. We got it in the can. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's Chris Foley. I'm Colin McDonald, and you've been listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on the fan.